Please and turn to the book of John. John chapter 18 is a responsive reading this morning. We'd like to read responsively, verse 27 through verse number 40. Allow me to begin reading in verse number 27, and I will read the succeeding odd numbered verses. Would you please begin reading with me in unison, verse 28, along with the succeeding even numbered verses? And once again, if you're able to stand for the reading of the Word of God in respect to the Word of God, I invite you to stand once again. John chapter 18, verses 27 through 40, and reading responsively. Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Then led they Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment, and it was early, and they themselves went not into the judgment hall, lest they should be defiled, but that they might eat the Passover. Pilate then went out unto them and said, What accusation bring ye against this man? They answered and said unto him, If he were not a male factor, we would not have delivered him unto thee. Then said Pilate unto them, Take ye him, and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, It is not lawful for us to put any man to death that the saying of Jesus might be fulfilled, which he spake, signifying what death he should die. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again, and called Jesus, and said unto him, Art thou the king of the Jews? Jesus answered him, Sayest thou this of thyself, or did other tell it of thee? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Thine own nation and the chief priests have delivered thee unto me. What hast thou done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight, that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But ye have a custom, that I should release unto you one at the Passover, Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? They cried all again. This is a man. But Barabbas. Now Barabbas was the robber. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. Let's make our prayer. Now, Heavenly Father, Spirit of God, I pray that you would speak to hearts and lives through your word this morning. On this Palm Sunday, you may take your words. May we understand Rejection, reception of Jesus Christ. And we'll thank you for it. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. In our biblically illiterate society, many people do not know about Palm Sunday any longer. This was the day when Jesus made his triumphal entry. Some say Sunday, some say Saturday for the record, but we won't go there. Into the, the city of Jerusalem from the top of the Mount of Olives from Bethany and down to the Valley of Kidron through the, the Mount of Olives, or rather, excuse me, the Garden of Gethsemane, 
then up to Jerusalem, and they hailed him, Hosanna, King in the highest, glory to God. They received Jesus. The start of the Holy Week or Passion Week that celebrates the triumphal entry of Christ in Jerusalem with the first the week culminating in his crucifixion and then, of course, his resurrection next Lord's Day. Palm Sunday then is all about the reception of Jesus Christ. That's what the day entails. They received him gladly. The common people received him gladly, the Bible says. The Bible says in John 1, verse 12, the verse that I came to know Christ as my Savior on, but as many as received him, to them gave he the power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. You must receive him into your heart and into your life for salvation. But here in our text before us, this is on crucifixion morn. This is on the day that Christ would be delivered up, of course, and die on that cross. Our text verse is the last verse of the chapter. The Bible says, Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. Another gospel tells us that he was for a male factor for sedition and murder. They chose with loud screams the murderer over the Messiah. They chose the robber over the Redeemer. They said, not this man. It's interesting. John 18 chronicles the rejection, not the reception, but the rejection of Jesus Christ. And for 2,000 years, men have been still rejecting Jesus Christ. As our film said, even into the billions And we see in this passage and going forward these last 2,000 years, I believe we can find five forms of rejection by five different people groups. And I draw your attention again to our last verse of our text, verse John chapter 18, verse 40, once more. And taking our verses and working backward, we notice these five forms of rejection. By five people groups. Notice, first of all, verse 40, the public rejection by the Jewish people. Then cried they all. It was a Jewish congregation. The Bible says they all cried, not this man. We'll take the murderer. We'll take the robber. Give us Barabbas. Well, I'd like you to turn your Bibles, if you would, please. Keep a bookmark in John 18 so we can come back and forth quickly. But I want you to see Matthew chapter 27, please. Matthew chapter 27. And let me begin reading in verse number 18. Excuse me, verse number 19. When he was set down on the judgment seat, now this is Pilate, his wife sent unto him, saying, Have thou nothing to do with that just man, for I have suffered many things this day in a dream because of him. Notice this public rejection of Jesus by the Jewish people. These are Gentiles, Pilate and his wife. 
She said, have nothing to do with this just man, verse 20, but the, fair, but the chief priest and the elders, now those were the Jewish leadership, persuaded the multitude, the crowds, the Jewish crowd, that they should ask Barabbas and destroy Jesus. The governor answered and said unto them, whether of the twain we did I release unto you? They said, Barabbas. Pilate saith unto him, what shall I do then with this Jesus, with Jesus, which is called Christ? They say unto him, let him be crucified. And the governor said, why? What evil hath he done? But they cried unto the more, all the more, saying, let him be crucified. And Pilate saw that he could prevail nothing, but that rather a tumult was made. He took water and washed his hands before the multitude, saying, I'm innocent from the blood of this just person. See you to it. Then answered all the people and said, His blood be upon us and upon our children. This public rejection of, of first of all, by the Jewish people. John 1.11 summarizes it very simply. The Bible says, He came unto his own, and his own received him not. Jesus was born of a Jewish lineage, a Jewish family. He came unto his own. The gospel came to the Jew first. And the entire people group of the Jews on a whole, nationally, not all but most, they rejected Jesus. Like they, to this day, reject Jesus. Whole people groups. They say, not this man. He cannot be our Messiah. Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? There are many people that are, I'm sure are kind and certainly very religious people. There's uh, about a um, uh, billion, I believe it is, Hindus in, around planet Earth. Hindus, they reject Jesus as the only God, of course. They have hundreds and thousands of gods that they, they worship. The Buddhists do not reject Jesus as a prophet or as a as an, uh, great religious leader, but they accept Buddha. The Mormons, they believe that he is a prophet. He's certainly the son of God, but they accept as their prophets Joseph Smith and Brigham Young. Many in Christendom even reject the idea that Jesus is the only Savior. They say, not this man. Give us another. This public rejection is found in people groups all over the world, even to this day, but this public Rejection is found when people reject Jesus Christ as their only personal Savior. You see, they said these words back in Matthew chapter 27 and verse number 25. His blood be upon us and upon our children. Thirty years later, almost to the day, the proclamation was given at the same spot where Jesus was betrayed. They pronounced their own prophecy. 6,500 to be exact. Jewish leaders were crucified, were, were executed by the Roman pontiff at that time, or the Roman, excuse me, the Roman, Roman uh, Caesar at that time. Josephus, the historian, tells us in A.D. 70 that Jerusalem, of course, would fall and that over a million one hundred thousand, a million one hundred thousand Jews were crucified in Jerusalem alone. It's a third of the, state of the population of the state of Connecticut. They pronounced their own judgment. They said they re rejected Jesus Christ. And they said, not this man. We will not have this man to reign over us. 
There are many multitudes that say the same thing today. They will not bow to the name that's above every name. Peter would go on to say in Acts chapter 4 later on in verse number 10, Be it known unto you all and to all people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God hath raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. In Acts 13, 38, Peter again says, excuse me, the Apostle Paul says, Be known unto you, therefore, men and brethren, that through this man is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. In Acts 13 and 39, And by him all that believe are justified from all things from which they could not be justified by the law of Moses. There's the public rejection of the Jewish people. Back in John chapter 18, we see in verse number 40, this public, very public, they cried with a loud voice, no doubt. They said, no, we will not have this man. But there's many forms of rejection. Many different people groups that reject Jesus in different ways. Notice with me, please, verse 38 and 39. Pilate said unto him, what is truth? Notice, secondly, this morning here, if you could, the passive rejection of the judge Pilate. He said, what is truth? He went on to say, he went out again, the Bible says, to the Jews. He said, I find no fault in him at all. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? The hour is maybe six or seven or eight o'clock in the morning on crucifixion morning. Jesus' betrayal had taken place several hours earlier, maybe one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning. Judas, as we're going to find out, betrays him with a kiss. He's carried off to Annas's or Caiaphas as a high priest palace. He's in prison there. I had the privilege of standing right there in Jerusalem and going down to the dungeon to the torture chambers where it's believed that Jesus Christ was shackled for a few hours. And then he was taken from there across town about a half mile walk northward into the city of Jerusalem to Pilate's pavement, as it's called, or the place of the pavement and where Jesus was examined the first time, that's scourged. And then he, Herod was in town and he went from Pilate's judgment hall to Herod's mock judgment and then from Herod's back to Pilate's, now it's late morning, 8 a.m. And he stands before this Gentile pontiff, this Gentile king by the name of Pilate. And Pilate... He had a, not a public rejection. He had a passive rejection. He didn't want to be bothered. I notice there's three forms of passive rejection. I see it here in our text. Look at verse number 28 for a moment. Back at the beginning of the, the text. Chapter 18. Then they led Jesus from Caiaphas unto the hall of judgment. And it was early and they themselves went not into the judgment hall lest they should be defiled but they, they might eat the Passover. They didn't want to be guilty. They didn't have innocent blood on their hands. They said, Romans, you, you Roman people, you do the dirty, dirty work. You kill them. We don't want to, don't want to be defiled. Pilate then, then went unto them and said, what accusation bring you against this man? And they, I think in a fresh, smart aleck response, they answered and said unto him, if he were not a male factor or a criminal, we would not have delivered him unto thee. Of course he's guilty. We say so. You know he's guilty too. 
Verse 31, then Pilate said unto them, take ye him and judge him according to your law. The Jews therefore said unto him, it is not lawful for us to put any man to death. Notice with me, first of all, the elusive action, this passivity of the judge Pilate. He, there was elusive action. He basically said, Pilate said to these Jews, he said, listen, I don't want to have, I don't want to get involved. This is your business. This is your religion. You know, most people are not overtly offended by Jesus Christ. Most people are not overtly offended by Christians. Most people let one of the bygones be bygones. You want to worship Jesus? That's fine. You don't want to worship Jesus? That's fine. Joshua said this way, how long halt you between two opinions? Or Elijah, rather. If the Lord be God, serve him. But I think in this first phase of this passive rejection that the judge Pilate, he was elusive. He said, I don't want to be involved. In other words, I don't know enough. It's, I'm, not, I'm not accountable enough because I'm a Gentile. You guys are Jews and he's one of yours and so you take care of it. There's a lot of people that don't want to know Jesus because they, they think that ignorance is an excuse. Romans chapter 1 says, says they are without excuse. Because it's clearly evident by the things that were created, even his eternal power and Godhead, the Bible says, so that they were without excuse. No one, and let me speak to you this morning, not your neighbor, to you. No one here is without excuse in regards to Jesus Christ. We live in America. We've all heard that name. I heard it many hundreds of times growing up as a boy. Not in reverence, but in another way. We've all heard the name. We've all seen the name. Pilate knew the name, and he tried to, by elusive action, try to avoid the subject. But it got, the matter got pressed. We get to verse 38 again, and he said, when Jesus had dialogue with him, and he said, everyone that heareth my, verse 37, everyone that heareth my, uh, everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice, Pilate said unto him, I think in sarcasm, I think in frustration, what is truth? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, what is truth? Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. These are the words of truth, the word of God. Sanctify them through thy word, thy word is truth. There is evasive action. Pilate said, who knows? He may be of truth, he may be truth, he may not be. He tried to just get away and his soundbite was essentially, let him alone. What has he done? And six times in the word of God, excuse me, five times in the word of God, we have this phrase first uttered by Pilate's own wife and then by Pilate and before that even by Judas, the betrayer. He's called the just man, a just man. Went about doing good. He never sinned in any way. We get to this third ramping up of this passive rejection. It starts off with elusive action, then it goes to evasive action. Just leave him alone. I don't want to deal with it at all. And it goes to expedient action. Chapter 19, verse number 1. Notice it with me, please. John 19, 1. Then Pilate therefore took Jesus and scourged him. Well, here, I'll meet you halfway. I'll, I'll have him whipped with a cat of nine tails. 
The soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They put on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews. They smote him with their hands. Pilate went therefore again unto them and said, Behold, I bring him forth to you that ye may know that I find no fault in him. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe. And Pilate saith unto him, Behold the man. Just a sidebar. There's reasons why we don't have a picture of Jesus hanging in our church. There's reasons, please bear with me. There's reasons why we don't have Jesus hanging on a cross. Number one, I think the depiction is not accurate. The Bible says his visage or his form or his face was marred more than any man. I'm not, it's not my intent to get, get, to get graphic just for the sake of to, I'm trying to think of a nice, nicer word than gross you out or freak you out. But the Roman scourging often killed many a man. I don't think when Jesus hung on the cross that he had a loincloth. I think he hung naked. I think that blood was not a drizzle coming down his cheek. I think he was marred more than any man, as the Bible says. The Bible says don't make any idols, any graven images. The image I see of Christ is the image that I believe the Holy Spirit of God puts in my mind, not what Hollywood puts in my mind. But he was marred more than any man. We see this expedient rejection. Pilate said, here he is. I, I, I'll, and Pilate said, I'll go along with the crowd. You see, just a few days earlier on Palm Sunday, the masses were saying, hail, king of the, king of the highest, Hosanna, king of glory. They worshipped him as the king, the, the Messiah. And the Pharisees said, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth, if these not, would not cry out, yes, the rocks would cry out. The Bible, a little insertion when we get to the cross of Calvary, where the Bible says when Jesus gave up the ghost that the rocks rent. Every stone cried out, since man would not cry out, cried out at the, the death of Christ. But I want you to notice this evasive action that led to expedient action. But I want you to notice thirdly, back to our chapter 18. Notice the purposeful rejection of the Jewish Sanhedrin. I said chapter 18 is alluded to in several verses in regards to Caiaphas, verse 28, and the Sanhedrin, the Jewish ruling body of Pharisees and Sadducees, some 70 to be exact. Luke 20, 19 says it this way, And the chief priests and the scribes the same hour sought to lay hands on him, and they feared the people, for they perceived that he had spoken this parable against them, and they watched him and sent forth spies which should feign themselves or pretend to be just men, righteous men, that they might take hold of his words, that they might deliver him unto the power and the authority of the governor. They were they were purposely looking to trip Jesus up to see something in his words. 
that would be worthy of crucifixion. So they fabricated and they twisted his words and they said, he said that, see this temple, and referring to Herod's temple that took 46 years in building, he said, I, I, I will tear it down or I'll build it again in three days. And they said, he said he, he's going to tear down Herod's temple and he can build it again in three days. That's blasphemy, we all know it. Of course, Jesus was speaking about his own body, his person. This purposeful rejection of, of the Jewish Sanhedrin. Some people do not want to know the truth. Some people resist the truth. They purposely try to find fault in the truth. They try to find fault and try to defame the words of Christ and the words of the word of God. The purposeful rejection. And they try to find fault in, in the, the gospels. They try to find fault in the epistles and the word of God. And they try to pick holes in it when the truth is staring them right in the face. There was... Pilate, a human judge, as he stood before the judge of all the world, and he had the audacity to say, as he was looking at truth, he said, what is truth? Jesus is the truth, the way, the way, the truth, and life. It leads me to the verse 27 of our text where we began with this morning. John 18, 27. Then Peter denied again, and immediately the cock crew. Excuse me, I just I got ahead of myself here. I skipped my fourth point here. The notice uh, verse eighteen of this, or verse two of chapter eighteen, verse number two, and Judas, excuse me, and Judas also, which betrayed him, knew the place, for Jesus oftentimes resorted thither with his disciples, referring to the the Garden of Gethsemane there at the base of the. Mount of Olives, near the Brook Kidron. When I was in Israel, if you ever get a chance to go, you'll probably walk like we walked from the top of Mount of Olives down the winding path where Jesus made his triumphal entry, and you'll come to the Garden of Gethsemane. And there you'll be staring straight ahead at the Eastern Gate, which is now closed off. And, but you can, there's a tunnel underneath the highway now, and there's the Brook Kidron there. It's a small stream Jesus, of course, came from the upper room. He came from Jerusalem and down through the valley of Kidron, across the, 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 the little creek there. And he went to the Garden of Gethsemane, and that's where he was betrayed at by Judas. And the Bible says, verse number three of John 18, Judas then, having received a band of men and officers from the chief priests and Pharisees, came thither with lanterns, torches, and weapons. This is a Jewish army, but this is a Jewish army commissioned by the Romans and allowed to exist because of the Roman government. They came to Jesus. Notice number four, this fourth form of rejection, the personal rejection of Judas Iscariot. He personally rejected Jesus Christ. The Bible says that he is the son of perdition. God knows. He knows everything. And he knew that Judas would reject the Messiah. But I just want you to think for just a few moments who Judas was. He had the privilege of walking with Jesus Christ for three years. Think of that. He was, of the 12 apostles, he was the only Judean. All the rest were Galileans. It was a north-south thing. It was a prejudice thing. The southerners, or the Judeans, were purebloods. Pure at least in their minds. The Galileans were half-breeds. 
Judas was of the pure blood, at least he thought. And he was the treasurer. He sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. He never repented. He, his final act of rebellion against God was to take his own life in suicide. We see the personal rejection of Judas Iscariot. Now we get to verse number 27, back to chapter 18. And as I started a moment ago, then Peter again, then Peter, the, Peter then denied again, and immediately the cock crew. This is a story most of us know. Notice this fourth or fifth form of rejection, this private rejection of just Peter. Let me just tell you the story. Again, I had that wonderful privilege of standing on the, the south, southern side of the old city of Jerusalem. It's not big. It's like from here to maybe the Walmart Plaza, the whole city itself. In fact, it's probably smaller than that. Maybe the Home Depot or a little bit past just to get a point of reference. And on the south end is the, was the Palace of Caiaphas. We got to go there and... The building had been leveled and it's been rebuilt, of course, hundreds of years ago. But the dungeons are still there. We got to go into the dungeons with the, the steel, or the shackles still embedded in the concrete or in the, in the stone walls. It's believed that's where Jesus was first held, maybe at 2 o'clock or 3 o'clock in the morning. It was a cold morning that morning, if you remember. The fires were were going and I stood there in the same place where Peter stood it's not a big area at all it's an area that's probably about the size of our auditorium right here maybe even smaller maybe two thirds of this size right here in the entryway of this palace this mansion house or where Caiaphas and Annas the high priest dwelt and the dungeon was underneath would be at the back wall, and Jesus would have been probably at the gate. He's being mocked and examined, and Peter's standing, the Bible says, remember, afar off. Afar off, maybe being 50 or 70 feet away. Just enough to be able to see the twinkle of each other's eyes. And one by one, as Peter warms his hands by the fire, first it starts with a woman. She said, thy speech betrayeth thee. Weren't you one of him or his? Peter denied and said, I know not the man. A little while later, a maid came along, a teenage girl, and said, didn't I see you with him earlier this week? He said, I know not the man. And then one of the high priest's servants, one of the soldiers, looked at him, and the crowd maybe started stirring as Peter was trying to maybe with his hoodie over his, his head and trying to warm himself by the fires. He said, aren't you one of them? You're, you're a follower of him. And the Bible says that Peter cursed and he swore and he says, I know not the man. He denied, he rejected the Lord, the one that he had received. The private rejection of just Peter. He denied him three times. His rejection brought remorse. The Bible tells us that when Jesus, and I think of the distance, not, but it was probably shorter than the distance between myself here and the back 
wall of the auditorium here. Jesus, the Bible says, he turned and he looked at Peter. I can't do it. I'm just human and I have a hard time seeing now from up here. That's why I keep putting these things on and off. I try to get you in the eyeballs, every one of you. I can't do it, but I try. And every once in a while, somebody, you'll catch my eye and I'll catch your eye at the same time. And you might say, I think he's speaking just to me. Then when Jesus turned and looked at Peter, he was speaking just to Peter with his eyes. The eyes are the window of the soul. You see, Peter said, I'll never deny you nor forsake you. And Jesus gave the prophecy, Peter, before the cock crows twice, thou shalt deny me thrice. And Peter remembered the words of the Lord. And the Bible says in Luke 22, he went out and wept bitterly. There was remorse. You see, his rejection brought remorse, which brought repentance. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. The difference between sorrow of the world, that's guilt. All the world's guilty before God. That works death. Satan is the author of guilt. But conviction is from the Holy Spirit of God. The conviction is, brings repentance to that person that's received Christ. And so that we have the rejection that brought remorse, which brought repentance, which brought ultimately restoration Restored fellowship, that is. Jesus said in Luke 22, in verse 32, knowing that Peter would deny him, he said, but I have prayed for you that thy faith fail not, and when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. And that restored fellowship brought reinstatement to ministry. In John 21, after Jesus raised from the grave, of course, days after, maybe 10 days after the resurrection, he said three times to Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. You see, Peter's rejection was a passing, temporary rejection. In the breaking of Peter, by the way, there was the making of Peter. Peter rejected Christ at first, but he repented. And it leads me to this truth. We've seen these, these forms of, of rejection Public rejection, most people don't publicly reject Christ. They don't openly shout and say he's not real, he's not the Savior. Most people are, have passive rejection, like the Judge Pilate. Some have purposeful rejection, like the Jewish Sanhedrin. Others have personal rejection. They'll go to their grave. I say this very carefully. Got some nurses in this room, some medical people in this room, and you've been there many times yourself to the the bedside of dying people, at, whether it's Charlotte Hungerford or one of the hospitals. But I've been a lot of times at the bedside of people that are dying, many times. On a number of occasions, I've been there when they've breathed their last breath. There's a difference. Let me tell you, there's a difference between those that have a relationship with Jesus Christ and those that don't. 
I know Peter, I know Judas was the son of perdition. I understand that. I'm sure you do too. But I believe if he would have even repented himself, Jesus would have accepted him, but he would not. He would not. But Peter, he was one of his sheep and he repented. And you might say this day, of course, is the reception, where we celebrate the reception of the Lord Jesus Christ, the triumphal entry of Jesus Christ, not just into Jerusalem, but hopefully into our heart. But the question is not our reception, but did you ever stop and think about this? What about being personally received by Jesus Christ? Follow the thought. The Bible says, but as many as received him, to them give you the power to become the sons of God. You have to receive him. But what if he doesn't receive you? What if just a few hours later, the thief on the cross who had rejected Jesus his whole life, and that moment of the deathbed repentance said, Lord, remember we will not come into another kingdom. What if Jesus would have said, it's too late. You rejected me all your life. Your whole life you rejected me. And now in the moment of you're about ready to die and take your last breath, now you want to receive me? Too late. It's not the question this morning. It's not about you receiving Jesus Christ, but what about Jesus Christ personally receiving you? You see, Peter, Jesus received Peter, and he says to us, as he said to Peter, Peter cursed and swore and said, I know not the man. But Jesus, in essence, said, Peter, I still love you. He loves us with an everlasting love. John 13 and verse number one, the Bible says that he loved them unto the end. Jesus loves us when we don't love him, when we deny him. I'm talking to Christians now. I'm talking to those that have received Christ as Savior, those that said, like Peter said much earlier, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Peter, I still love you. What did Jesus say to Peter as he personally received him? He said, I'm still going to the cross for you. Think of it. The 12 that walked with Jesus for three years. Judas, the traitor. Only John is at the cross. The great apostle Peter wasn't even at the cross of Calvary. Think about that. Jesus died alone. In fact, he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? His own disciples Save John, we're not even there. Peter was not at the cross, but Jesus still went to the cross for him. Hebrews 12, 2. He's the author and finisher of our faith. And for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. You may not like to hear about the cross, but Jesus went there for you anyhow. He loves you. He went to the cross for you. He said, as he said to Peter, in essence, I'll do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Titus 3, 5, not by works of righteousness, which you have done, but according to his mercy, he hath saved us by the washing of regeneration and by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Peter, you can't clean yourself up. Peter, you're 
nothing without me. You're, you're in the flesh. But I'll do for you what you cannot do for yourself because you're a flawed vessel. And everyone within the sound of my voice, and this voice particularly, is a flawed vessel. We're all sinners by nature, aliens by birth, sinners by choice. Jesus, I'm going to do what, for you what you cannot do for yourself. And then Jesus said to Peter, as he personally received him, I'll give you what you don't deserve, grace. Follow the division. When Jesus died on the cross, the Bible says, Romans 4, 24, he was delivered for our offenses. He had mercy for us. And he died in our stead to be our sin bearer. We don't have to go to hell as we deserve. He gives us mercy. But he was raised again for our justification. He gives us grace. Not only mercy, but he gives, do we not have to go to hell, but he gives us grace. We get to go to heaven. And then Jesus said, and he said it the night, just hours before this very event that I just read of Peter's denial. Just a few hours earlier, the night before, around that last supper, that last supper, he said these words, in my father's house are many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, that where I am there, you may be also. I go to prepare a place for you. I receive you that where I am, there ye may be also. What is our life? It's even a vapor. Peter's been gone for nearly 2,000 years from planet Earth. John, the writer of this gospel, has been in heaven for 1,900 years. John was there, Peter was not, but Jesus said to Peter, I still love you. I'm still going to the cross for you. I'll still do for you what you cannot do for yourself. I'll give you what you don't deserve, grace. And I receive you where I am, there ye may be also. It's not a question of you receiving Christ as Savior, although you need to do that. What if Jesus said, I'm not going to receive you, for you've rejected me all your life. There is a sin unto death, by the way, and there is a, there is a day where we can sin away our day of grace. I don't know when that day is, only God knows. But now is the day of salvation. Behold, now is the accepted time. Now is the day to receive Christ. Receive the truth of the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him. There's no how long halt you between two opinions. If Jesus is Lord, then receive him as your Savior. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Lord, the question today is, we think of the reception of Jesus Christ into the city of Jerusalem. But Lord, then just a few days later, there was a rejection. Oh Lord, I pray that Father, we might not reject your son, Lord Jesus Christ. May we love him. May we draw close to him. And Lord, when we do deny him like Peter, oh God, we're so humbled that you still love us. Lord, you still went to the cross for us, even though we don't even like to think about it sometimes. You did for us what we could not do for ourselves. You gave us grace in the place of judgment. Lord, you said, where I am, there you will be also. 
Lord, I pray you'd bless in our moments of invitation this morning, Lord, as you lead us to Calvary. We've been led to Calvary this morning. Lead us to the throne of grace, we pray. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Page 64 it is in our hymn book. As we stand together, let's sing the first verse.